You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalley, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. We've had some great conversations recently, including some recent guests talking about broader industry trends for both advisors and plan sponsors. And today we're going to dive into an increasingly important retirement plan topic. Before we do, let me welcome back my friend, co-host, and colleague, Bill Harmon, to help kick us off today. Bill, great to see you again. Hey, thanks, Heather, and I'm happy to be back with everyone today. You know, as Heather mentioned, we've been focusing on industry trends recently and thought that we dive into today into one topic has become an integral way to save for retirement, and that is non-qualified deferred compensation plans. Just over three years ago, Voya acquired PenCal Administrators, a leading provider of non-qualified deferred compensation benefit plans, as well as consulting services. And it's been great for us and our clients to have had the PenCal team become part of Voya. Since then, we've seen tremendous growth and a growing interest about these plans. But we've also seen some trends in the broader market we thought we it might be interesting to talk about. So here today, to help us out with this topic is our own very own leader and really a respected guru in the non-qualified marketplace. That's Kirk Penland. Welcome, Kirk, and thanks for being here today. Thanks, Bill. Uh, delighted to be uh, here with both you and Heather. Kirk, as we mentioned, non-qual plans have certainly grown in interest and popularity over the past several years. But for our listeners who might not know their nuances or structure, really how they fit into an overall benefits plan, can you tell us more about what a non-qualified deferred compensation plan is and how does it work? Sure, happy to. And maybe maybe just a little bit of history. You know, non-qualified plans have been around for decades, but really there were some significant changes that occurred in actually it was October of 2004 uh, when President George Bush signed into uh, into law Code Section 49A that really became effective January 1st, 2005, and kind of put guardrails around plan design. And while the bulk of non-qualified plans weren't changed, they did focus, and we'll spend some time talking about this throughout the podcast, but they did focus on contributions and distribution and um, put some some rules around that so that companies and plan participants wouldn't take advantage of some of the unique uh, benefits of non-qualified plans and really give plan sponsors some guidance on how to run them. When you think about 409A plans or non-qualified deferred compensation plans, they're really like supercharged 401k plans, if you will. As we go through, you'll see a lot of similarities between 401k and non-qualified, but there's also some stark differences. And one of those is who can participate. Non-qualified plans, unlike your 401k plan, are for highly compensated or key management individuals only. If you were to open it up to the entire workforce of a particular company, it would be required to file 5,500 and uh, adhere to some of the plan limits that you have in 401k plans. So really a non-qualified plan is designed to lift those limits that you find in your qualified retirement programs and provide some of the same tax benefits, tax-deferred investment growth that you find in your retirement program. While it's primarily a, um, a retirement plan supplement, it also, some of the distribution and contribution options found in a well-designed non-qualified plan will actually allow participants to uh, prepare for other life events 
like college funding, maybe it's a, a remodel of a kitchen, it's a purchase of a second home. And, and we'll touch upon some of those as we go along. So Kirk, I'm gonna uh, kind of build on that. that would, thank you for that. That was a fantastic uh, background. For our employers and advisors that are listening, what or when would you say is the right time for an employer to be thinking about how to launch and how to maximize a non-qualified plan? Generally, it's a more mature company. Um, although you do see some startup companies uh, implementing non-qualified plans, but generally it's, it's an organization that has already established uh, health benefit programs, retirement plans, HSAs, and the like. And this really becomes one of the last benefit programs that you see companies implementing. It's safe to say there are certain companies that should use these probably more often than not. Um, and those would be companies that have issues with testing on their 401k or other retirement programs and for whatever reason have elected not to adopt a safe harbor. What we can do is layer this non-qualified plan in essence over the top of your qualified retirement program and pick up some of those benefits that you are lost because of testing. It's also a great tool for those executives that are making above the uh, qualified retirement plan limit and are not getting the full company match uh, as a percentage of their overall compensation. So you see companies that have executives making now in excess of $290,000 putting programs in to, to build back those retirement benefits that are lost because of those uh, limitations. Thanks, Kirk. So let's uh, move on to some trends in this space. Now that we have a really good understanding on how non-qual plans work and, and the benefits that they provide, since we just spoke to employer and participant needs, could you tell us more about ways that individuals can think about how to design their distributions? You just talked about some of the different rules around distributions. How might an individual think about designing different distributions you know, as they're saving, as they're investing? Well, that's a very good question, Bill. And I think you're spot on. Non-qualified plans are all about distributions. Once you've determined how much you want to put into the program, the next question that you need to ask yourself is, how and when am I going to receive it? Non-qualified plans are very unlike 401k plans in that you have to, at the time of deferral, tell us how you'd like to receive it. The timing and form of payment is critical. And we'll talk a little bit about you know, integrating it with other retirement programs to, to develop a sustainable retirement program. So each year, generally, most plans uh, run as a class year plan. And class year plans really treat each year as its own unique individual plan. And so if you're deferring in 2022, you're going to make a contribution election, and then you're going to make a distribution election, whether that is for college funding, which may be in five or six years for your first child, and then a supplemental distribution for the second child, uh, whether that's retirement, death, termination, separation from service, all of those distribution events need to be determined at the time of contribution. So sitting down and integrating that with financial planners or consultants, we feel is very, very important um, because the flexibility built into non-qualified plans um, really allow an individual to, to customize their current cash flow needs as well as their retirement needs. So, Kirk, on the, on the same topic of trends, you know, we, we've recently uh, talked a lot on this podcast about the convergence of health and wealth and from the employer or plan sponsor level that could involve an increased desire to connect HSAs with 401ks and non-qualified plans. We'd love to get your perspective on what is the demand that you're seeing from clients on this kind of need of, of bringing these different programs together? Heather, it's huge. 
because you have so many decisions to be made with the non-qualified plan, and then you looking at it, you know, in a bubble doesn't make a lot of sense. When I retire, should I take my deferred compensation plan first, maybe from 65 to 70, and then maybe trigger my 401k distributions at 70 or 72 when you have required minimum distributions? Should I push back Social Security to age 70? Um, you know, how do I use this incredibly flexible tool to build an overall sustainable retirement program? And not only, you know, from a cash flow perspective, but also a tax perspective. So having it all on one location where you can sit down and work through it, or you can share that with your financial planner and say, this is what I have. This is where my buckets are. How do I want to trigger those? And then go out and make those decisions during open enrollment, which generally happens you know, towards the end of each year. Thanks, Kirk. And you know, when we talk about plan benefits and an employer and they're designing benefits for the unique needs of their employees, do you think that when we're talking about executives and, and the ability to go ahead and, and really replace um, their income while they're working, but in retirement through this kind of a vehicle, but do you think that employers then see this expansion of their benefit solutions including non-qualified deferred compensation plans specifically as a popular retention tool? Or are they using it for the ability to attract new talent in the executive ranks? Yeah, I think all of the above. I mean, we call it the three R's, recruit, retain, and reward. And it, it does all of those, depending upon how the plan is designed. So if you're thinking about recruiting, you know, is there someone in your industry but working for another organization that you'd like to bring over? particularly in the private sector where you're not going to hand out stock, you know, how do you entice that individual to come work for you without just paying, writing a, a, a big check for him to come over or her to come over? And so you can put a, in essence, a signing bonus, if you will, into your non-qualified plan and put a unique vesting schedule on it, whether that's tied to performance, whether it's tied to tenure or some combination of the two. You know, so that's recruiting. Rewarding there again you know, cash bonuses are only as good until the day you pay them. But if you want to retain and reward that individual, you need a way to do that. And certainly long-term incentive plans are a methodology, but to be able to, to defer that long-term incentive plan into a companion non-qualified plan, now you've been able to uh, build in that, that golden handcuff that you're trying to put in for an executive and then allowing them to defer that into retirement, or maybe it's a it's a college funding tool or something else. So um, non-qualified plans, depending upon the goals and objectives of that particular company or organization, are a fabulous tool to do, I think, all three of what we call the three R's, reward, recruit, and retain. I really like that uh, emphasis on, on the three R's. That's you know, some really valuable insight for our audience. You know, perhaps I'll close by asking for a piece of advice for our listeners. And while we talked about all the benefits non-qualified plans can offer individuals, we do know that they can often be difficult to understand for participants. So what advice would you have for employers and plan sponsors who are looking to implement or have recently implemented this type of plan within their benefit offering as it relates to education for their participants? I think it is, you have to continually remind plan participants, and for that matter, plan sponsors, how they work because they are very different than 401k plans. You can't roll them over at retirement or termination. And so, as I said earlier, it's all about distribution. And so annual open enrollment, we generally don't like evergreen elections. 
because once you once you're in, you've selected it, you forget to make those distribution elections that really make the non-qualified plan unique. And so annual open enrollment, I think, is important. And spending time, 30, 40 minutes, uh, whether that's a, a web presentation or in person going through with those executives and reminding them, you know, are you going to participate this year? If so, how are you going to take those distributions that retirement and separation from service? And then finally, you know, periodically, and sometimes that can be done during open enrollment. We also have other organizations that will do distribution workshops where you really do a, a deep dive on how to manage those unique class years or buckets and how to integrate those with other retirement programs. If employers adopt that kind of strategy, I think they'll find their, their non-qualified plan is, is well-received and very successful. Well, Kirk, you know, you have given our listeners just a ton of information today around the importance and the flexibility of non-qualified plans and how to think about you know, distribution and the flexibility uh, that they, they present. You also talked about the importance of education and, and I'll bring it back to your three R's of recruiting, retaining, and rewarding uh, key individuals at, at a workforce. So I just want to say thank you again for your insights and for joining us today. My pleasure. It was nice being with you both. And Kirk, I want to echo Heather's thanks and I uh, appreciate your time and expertise. Boy, I tell you, it really is nice knowing that we have you in our corner to go and help provide some of this uh, such helpful advice and guidance and education. And thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks for joining us. Hope you stay well. This information is provided by Voyer for your education only. Neither Voyer nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voyer family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.